Okay, so uh, welcome to the Shrews Biscuit. We're back, baby. It's uh, the new year, a new decade, and we're back. Um, before we get into our kind of, hi, how's it going? Well, I just want to say thank you to our sponsors of the month. Uh, this month uh, is, uh, is Gin Different. Gin Different are going to be sponsoring us this month. Uh, Darren was supposed to come in and speak to us this morning. Um, and how dare you have such a hectic life that you couldn't come speak to us. <laughs> <laughs> People running the business, uh, you know, supposed to have more time, aren't you? But yeah. well, thank you to Gin Different who are, who are sponsoring us this month. If you are a fan of gin, if you're not a fan of gin, uh, make sure you check them out because they've got loads of different things you can taste and test. And I did a gin. T- I'm not a gin guy. I don't know if you've ever tried gin. I like gin. You like gin, yeah. yeah? I'm a gin guy. You need to go to Gin Different then yeah. <laughs> in the market hall. I'm not though. I'm not. And I went to the gin tasting thing around Christmas, and it was brilliant. They were making me. He was making me drinks that taste like uh, Turkish delight and mm. Christmas pudding and all. I was like, what? What is this? But yeah, it's really cool. It's good fun. Um, and um, so make sure you check out Gin Different, and they do all sorts. If you got, if there's that bottle of gin that. You you, you, you can't find in Asda or Tesco's or something, they'll go and find it for you and you can buy it from them. So uh, that's what that is. Um, so yes, we're back. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Whiteley, and joined with me is uh, a cake-eating... Shh! It's Julie. Uh, how's it going, Julie? You okay? I'm fine. I'm very chilled because I've just been in a flotation tank for an hour. Yeah, tell me a bit about this, because that's really interesting. You've been in, uh, what is it? Um, Shropshire Floats. Shropshire Floats. They opened up yesterday. Yeah. I got a Christmas present, which is a three float session. So it's 45 minutes of pure floating, 15 minutes, like obviously where you can get showered. But it is so, you just float in lots of salt. But it's better than the Red Sea, apparently. It's not, and it's not, you don't come out sort of thinking, ooh, I'm all salty. Um, a bit of calming music, different lights, and then they all fade, and then you just float. So it's sensory deprivation. And fall asleep, yeah, and it's brilliant. Relieves uh, all sorts of things, apparently. I think of that, and I think of um, uh, Stranger Things, because they did that in Stranger Things. She's flotation tank, and then she was like... Mm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that, that sounds really great. I'm really intrigued by that, because there's some people I've heard that have had, like, out-of-body experiences and stuff, doing stuff like that, so... I didn't. No? <laughs> no, not this time. Maybe next. Uh, joining us today is Ben Butler. Ben, I Hi. heard I, I read your story in the Shropshire Star. Yeah. Um, there's a lot going on with you. Let me just turn you up a bit because you're a bit quiet. There you go. <coughs> um, yeah, I've heard a lot about you because um, can I pinch a sweet. You can pinch. You can take as many for. as you like. What you flavour is that? Is that caramel or something? No, it's like a you know like min, Minto type. Yeah, I'll, I'll love that one. Oh, bug, yeah. 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 This is the ultimate test for me, okay? So I've just started doing the keto the keto diet. <laughs> it's day number one for me. I'm sitting here drinking coffee without sugar. I had three rashes of bacon for breakfast. And uh, there's a, like bowls of sweet in front of me. I, should, I feel like I should write keto on my hand to stop me from reaching out for a, a, a Twix. Do Don't worry, we'll slap you. Yeah. Yeah. You know I did? I put um, fried egg. So fried egg, bacon, cheese... And then the fried egg underneath, like it's a sandwich. Oh. And then the hot pepper sauce. On. The problem is, right, I'm really awkward. That I sounds d- nice. I don't eat egg. I really can't eat. I don't know what it is. I physically can't eat egg. I, I was going to eat an egg on camera uh, just to show what happens when I eat an egg. But I thought it would be really gross because I just literally... Oh, no, don't. Uh, 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 so, like, keto for me is going to be quite difficult. But there are ways around it. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> You'll have to do with tins of tuna. <laughs> did you guys have a great new year? Did you? I did, thank you, yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I did, sorry, I didn't sorry. do much yeah. on my birthday as such, because my birthday was New Year's Eve. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was 33. Happy, belated happy birthday. I'm celebrating it today, later on this evening. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's good. Uh, my little boy's New Year's Day, he's not been uh, out celebrating. All I can hear is cake. <laughs> all, all I can hear is cake. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Obviously ben, that's a hint <laughs> So you're from Shrewsbury you, yeah. you grew up around here um, And from what I read from, from you on the, in the Shropshire Star It was quite a turbulent time for you, mm. you, you Quite difficult um, Can we talk a bit about that what, what, what was life like for you in Shrewsbury growing up um, Difficult It's funny Over Christmas I had um, Someone come back into my life um, And do you ever have a Used to ever have an auntie that was never your auntie But you called her auntie mm-hmm. or an uncle yeah, yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah. yeah. So she was my mum's best friend, and um, I put in a newspaper um, about being domestic, uh, domestic abuse in my house, but I never mentioned my mum's name. Mm. So I'm quite happy now, because 
old old ties are off, strings yeah. are cut now between my, me and my mum. So mm. I never mentioned my mum's name and she abused me as well. Um, and I had a lot of people in my life denying that ever happened. Mm. I.e. my mum telling other members of the family, etc., etc. Sorry, I've got that sweet. It's all right, it's right, it's right. And my, and my Auntie Ali, I got on the phone. I don't, we come into contact. It must have been about 20 years. She was like my mum. And she told me that your abuse happened from the age of eight. Um, and she witnessed it. Yeah. She had had to take me away from my house, from my mum and stepfather at the time, from the house. Um, I used to wee myself. She met, she'd seen me one day in the corner of the the bedroom where I had actually soaked the whole bed and I was curled up mm. in a ball yeah. crying. And so I feel now, I've just requested the information from Shropshire, from social services, because mm. I used to have a social worker who has, again, recently come back into my life. And um, I'm going to get copies of them information and I'll be passing it around the family. Because mm. that must be like some sort of vindication for you because you'd be telling people this is what's happened to me and people be like, no, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is like, this is proof. This is like, this is what happened to me. This is why I'm the way I am. Yeah, yeah. And my my mum's never denied my stepfather yeah. doing anything. Right. But she's played it all down and she's never ever said that she was partly to blame for this. Yeah. And also my auntie Ali, she doesn't mind me talking about her anyway because I've spoken to her. Mm. Um, but she said that the abuse that they had received as well, for me being of colour, in Shrewsbury, they had their houses spray painted with swastikas, they oh had their cars uh, bricked, house windows bricked and all that. Obviously, I wouldn't have known that because yeah. mm-hmm. I was a child, I was a baby. But they suffered loads of abuse. Yeah. Um, but I was in a lot of my auntie alleys and my nan and granddad's care. My mum's not a very maternal woman. Mm. So I seek... A, even to this age now, I seek a lot of love and attention off people. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, life was difficult in Shrewsbury. Um, it was very difficult. So you say, obviously, you're going to get hold of the paperwork from the relevant authorities and that, mm. in terms of your... Sorry. Sorry. Thank you. <coughs> in terms of, obviously, letting the rest of the family know. So do, do you keep in contact with the rest of the family? No. No, but you still feel they, they need to now know. Yeah, I've been asked <coughs> why I'm doing it. And yeah. I feel like it's more of a, um, well, I just sort of want them to open their eyes a little. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I live with my nan and granddad. My, all my aunties and uncles know why I live with my nan and granddad. Yeah. So, but mum's very good at, my mum was very good at um, diverting. Yep. Yeah. And, yep. and <clears throat> covering things up. Mm. And, you know, it's really hard to do that. We were talking about, we, we did a talk on mental health a while ago. And we are talking about um, how family... It's perceived to be this thing that you have to stay close to. It's like it's, it's like inbuilt into you, but you don't have to. And, no. But it's really hard to do that, isn't it? It's really hard to rip off that band-aid. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's what you have to do because these are, like, in your circumstance, these are these are negative influences in it's your life. It's toxic, you, isn't it? You yeah. feel like you have to have around you, but if you'd have known from a young age that you could just step away from that, would you have? Yeah. Yeah. My, my Alison had to actually um, walk away from me when I was coming into my teens, so she was telling me on the phone... My partner was crying her eyes out because my partner also was someone that didn't all believe fully mm. that the extent that it happened. And I was telling her, well, why would I lie about this? And then yeah. she's heard it from my social work, my old social work. And then she's heard it from someone that was actually with me from, from dot one. And she was crying her eyes out and saying, I apologize for everything that, yeah. that for me not to believe you. And I said, this is what's been going on mm. throughout, my, throughout my life anyway. Um, yeah, this is what this is great. When people walk past it's all the right, place, that's so distracting because people do, it, yeah, yeah, it's, we like the it big though. glass doors. <laughs> I, I love that people walk past and I would wonder what's going on in here because even of, though the sign says recording in progress, yeah, but with the shoes be biscuit, it's, 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 expect, it's expected. Mm. A young person growing up in a town, regardless of what town it is, mm. um, having having these things happen to him and not understanding how or what to deal with it, and you know having to go through school, having to be expected to be there on time, do your homework, be good, and, and not get into trouble. It, it must be it was hard for you, I imagine. Yeah, and it doesn't. I'm, I'm not labelling myself, but mm. I'm black and I. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm of colour, so mm. in a town that's predominantly white. Yeah. Um, it was even more of a struggle because I was having to try and fit in everywhere. Yeah. And I didn't fit in. My mum didn't know how to dress me as a black person. I had an afro that she used to comb back and I looked like half Asian, half Jamaican. Do you know what I mean? It was, 
It was, <laughs> and, and I wore shoes that were weren't the the fashion shoes. Yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I was constantly bullied. Yeah. Was there anybody at school in terms of like a teacher that you felt you could talk to? Did you not in? Um, I can't remember in infant school as much. Mm. Primary school, I can't remember. In secondary school, there was a teacher. I don't, um, Mr. McKenzie. Mm. Um, I had a lot. Of, I only went to his lessons when I was in secondary school. Like, there was obviously something that he was doing right for me to yeah. be going to them yeah. classes, but he was the only teacher that I sort of respected. And I've seen mm. I've seen him a few years back, and it was like it was. Um, it was really nice seeing him, um, and he was like, "I can't believe how much you've like turned your life around." Yeah. Yeah, but he was a teacher that I looked to, and that. But it was all about the role models, <coughs> my yeah, role models, and I was looking for that role model. And my role models, in the end, were not the role models that. Yeah, and in, mm. in your circumstance, I guess you're looking for, like you said, you're looking for those those figures in your life. Yeah, and because. You kind of don't know which direction. I'm, I'm putting words into your mouth now, but I'm no, guess, right. this is what I'm guessing. Like, <coughs> you, you do look into the wrong places. The, yeah. the older guy that does things that you wish you could or yeah. you wanted to do. Um, and, and was that what, what it was like for you, like following the, the older group of kids? I was always with the older group. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've always been from a young age. I've always been... Like, my granddad, don't get me wrong, was I love him. He, mm. like, my, again, I'm going referring back to my auntie Ali, but she... She said that yours and your granddad's bond was absolutely inseparable, and mm-hmm. that's something that I can remember and I still remember yeah. until the day he passed away. So um, he was my role model, but when I got to the secondary school side of things yeah. and when things were getting to the, a vicious point in my household, mm. there, was no, there was no turning back. I was not, he was not my, I didn't look at him as my role model. I just looked at him as... Just my granddad. Yeah. yeah. But he was trying to guide me, but obviously I wasn't taking that on board. Is that your mum's, was that your mum's yeah, dad? Yeah, And was he aware of what was going on? Yeah, he did, but um, he didn't know. I don't think he knew from what I've been told. At the young age, he knew there was something going on mm. between my mum and stepfather. Mm. Um, excuse me. And he, he knew that there, he knew there was something going on. Mm. When I got older, obviously I had my voice then. Yeah. So like I knew what was going on and I was witnessing what was going on and mm. he, I was I had the bruises and mm. the effects on me. So I was then telling him what was going on. So I just used to stay there. So mm-hmm. what age was that then? Because like there's an age from what I can remember. Yeah. Well, I mean like when you can start voicing it because like from from what I I mean I I work in a similar sort of. <laughs> I don't want to talk too much about my work, but I'm in that sort of field, okay? Yeah, yeah. So I see a stage where people are like, they've got this voice, they've got this this urge to say something, but they've got the full of t- testosterone and yeah. no direction, so they just start screaming and shouting, and nobody can take making much sense of it. Like, mm-hmm. how is it for you being angry, wanting to talk about what's going on, but people telling you you couldn't, you know? Um, that's a funny one I think I just let my anger out through mm. violence yeah. yeah that was it there was nothing yeah. other than I did explain to my grandma but I explained to him in angry terms yeah do you know what I mean yeah um, he was very understand. he was the most understanding person I could have ever met he was my god do you know mm. what I mean I looked at yeah. him as Jesus and that mm. and um, but it, the way I the way I took my frustrations out was through violence and that. Mm. Yeah. What were you guys get up to then, knocking about around Shrewsbury? Well, at the start, when I was in, when I used to live with Grandad, it was around Springfield, so it was nothing big around mm. Great Springfield that time. We were just little kids. We were messing around, chucking stones at people's windows and that. Mm. that like that, that was minor things. Do you know what I mean? And then breaking into cars and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, and then, <clears throat> I started moving different. I moved back. To, from Springfield to Greenfields mm-hmm. and then I started getting around doing the estate things and whatnot and that's when <coughs> we used to have like Monkmore, Castlefields, Diverton, Sundorm, we used to have like loads of estate like fights and that. Mm. I still don't know why we did it but we did it um, and there was loads of things used, weapons. This is what I mean about knife crime, knife, yeah. knives were always around when I was a kid. I used to always carry one at school, do you know what I mean? Mm. There was kids at Meal Brace that used to carry knives, it was it was a thing that we did. Why? Is, was it a protection thing or just a status thing? A status thing, I think. Mm. Yeah. And then I carried it at the start to cut up, like, you know, resin. 
like yeah, yeah. when I had oh, yeah, yeah. drugs and that that yep. was that was that was that for that time do you yeah. know what I mean it wasn't for anything else mm. but as I was getting more angrier it was used for mm. something else do you know yeah. what I mean yeah mm. And you knew at the time that it was wrong to be carrying them things, or I didn't care. You didn't care. No, no. Yeah. obviously knowing now, but I, there was no, there was no. Like I said before, when I hit that age of revolt, re, revolting against my my mum and stepdad, because <clears throat> I was abused, but then I become the abuser, so I yeah. I started yeah. lashing back out at them, mm. um, <clears throat> and it was there was no going back for me then. Mm. <coughs> so I, I didn't really, I don't really care. But think that's the thing, isn't it? Because you hear that quite a lot. Because obviously you're looking for a release. Yeah. You're of an age where you know there's all sorts of like you know the different hormones running through your oh, body yeah, as well. Yeah. Will send you off. Any young lads of a certain age go in a certain direction, don't they? But on top of that, if you've had the background that you've had, yeah. And then you're seeking sort of like. Not, not solace, but you're seeking of a way of like release. Yeah, you'll probably get an affirmation from the group that you're with. Yeah, like yeah. I um, don't get me wrong. The lads that I hung around with, not all of them, but some some of them now I love to bits. Do you know yeah. what I mean? They're still like my family, my boys, and that. Yeah, I don't have much. I don't have. I don't. That a lot of that. Some of them now have turned their lives and doing their own things. Doing like they're all family guys. Yeah. Right now, some are still in prison. Mm. Some are dead. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So like, yeah. um, so yeah, it's some some have turned their lives, some haven't, and I choose mm. to spit stick with the people that turn their lives around. Yeah, absolutely. It's really. It's, I mean, like I, I speak a lot with young people that that struggle to to release themselves from those those negative uh, um, the people that that kind of egg them on to to do these things. You're coming out tonight, man. Da, da, da. Let's go and do this. Let's go and do that. We've got to do that. Uh, it's really hard to, to separate yourselves from those people mm, because yeah. this is your town, man. You don't know. I mean, you almost got to pick up your bags and move to the next town to be able to do that. And that's yeah. really difficult for a young person. Yeah. Yeah. So is, is that what it was for you? Was it was? I had to leave, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I read um, that in the paper. Yeah. I had to leave town. Um, I've heard it on Facebook. Pe- people had said he got run out of town and all that. Like, <laughs> I never, no one would run me out of anywhere. Yeah. Like, I chose to leave yeah. because mm. I knew that the environment for me was not good. Yeah, like it might not be Birmingham. It might, might not be in Hansworth mm. or Aston, or like uh, Toxteth in Liverpool. But at the same time, things like things that people don't realise, i.e., the the modern. I know it sounds. M- modern class people mm-hmm. like, that live in the nice houses around yeah. wherever yeah. don't realise what is actually going on no, in the streets right. and stuff and what is going on what can you tell people that's going on in a, in a, in a not in a way to kind of rub it in their face or to be like this is what, but to like inform people this is what's going on in your town mm. you need to know about what's going on here there's knife crime yeah there is knife crime um, <clears throat> there's there's county lines I know yeah. there's count, county lines have been going on since probably about 2009, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. for about 10, 10, 11 years. I know this due to just knowing it. Mm. Um, and it's... Scary. The county line thing is, is scary. It's, I came across that because I... I'd, um over summer, for the first time, I've never done this before, but I'd sort of jacked in my job in May and wanted to do something really different. And during yeah. the summer period, I worked with the National Citizenship scheme yeah so worked with 15 to 17 year olds and i had to go on quite a few courses and one of the courses was county lines and i'm like i've got no idea what this is yeah. and then obviously when they started telling us i was like oh my god does this really happen yeah yeah and then when i started engaging with the you know the 15 to 17 year olds and hearing the stories and coming you know some of them were opening up to us because we weren't family they were away from home for a week on a campsite and a lot of them were opening up to us, and it really opened my eyes up to like that age group and what they're it's, going through. It's younger now. than that. It's younger than that. You're talking about ten year olds. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? we've when I do these um, anti knife crime workshops and stuff? Mm. Kids that are getting referred. Kids are getting referred at the the age of like seven. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I can believe it. Yeah. There's, I think I don't know whether I'm allowed to talk about. Well, I can talk about mm. this because it was an open conversation yesterday that I had, but with someone, but. There was a kid had been taken off the streets at the age of 11, not taken off the streets, but had a blade on him and he was like a big blade in Telford and he was 11. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So like... Understandable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm. And this is the scary thing and it's the indoctrination of county lines that, that kind of... Um, 
it's hard when you you got kids that have don't have a lot. They grow up without a lot. Mm. You know? I was a kid without money growing up, and mm. I know what it's like. If I was a kid when I was that age, and somebody said, "Do you want a PlayStation 2? I'd be like, "Yeah, okay," but to have that, you need to do something for me. You know, yeah. and, and mm. you don't realize that you know what you're doing is, is you, you're you're building yourself up to become. Yeah, uh, so. but there is an exploitation, isn't it? Because this is where I sort of discovered from the training that they are preying on certain individuals, aren't they? Yes. They're preying on kids that like have had problem backgrounds because yeah. they can recognise that quite easily. So apparently, they, so they usually go for kids that have got trouble backgrounds, mm-hmm. um, ch- children looked after, children, kids mm-hmm. that have been excluded. That's why I have a massive thing about children getting excluded. I was mm-hmm. excluded all the time um, from school, and what I was doing when I was leaving school, I was going to sell drugs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And my, the people that I used to hang around with probably didn't even know they were um, exploiting me because mm. they, they were being exploited themselves. And then when I grew up, I was obviously exploiting other people to try and get, me to, get them to sell me, get them to sell drugs for me, do you know what yeah. I mean? So we're, some people, we're, we were blind to it, but as we've got older and we've learned more about it, then you yeah. realise, yeah, I was... Probably the next. Uh, is it a rank thing though? Is it something you have to do? Is there certain steps you've got to go to move up a rank? So like you do. I think that happens now. Like mm. I think they, they they're numbered. I think um, and that's in the cities. I'm not sure whether they brought it. They they do it around Shrewsbury and Telford. But mm. I think that's a city thing where you have the ranks. But obviously, the people that I used to hang around with sold sold bigger weight than I sold. Yeah, yeah. You get what I mean. But yeah. I was still selling a fair bit. Yeah. But I was more. My 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 tendencies were more violent than mm. than drug selling. Yeah. I was terrible at selling, dr- selling drugs. <laughs> you, were, you, you were like the enforcer then, I guess. I, basically, yeah. I was terrible at selling drugs. Yeah. I, yeah so, uh, but then again, I suppose that's it. Somebody's seen where else your strengths lie. Yeah. Use you in a different way. Yeah, and they did, and they they knew if if something happened, yeah, they would get. I could guarantee they were like, yeah, Butler's got our back. We know yeah. that he's there. He'll, he'll do it. Like, and mm. I can guarantee none of them to this day would deny that. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, look, I mean, like, we've just spoken about county lines because we're all three know what county lines are. Mm. Um, in a nutshell, what is county lines? Just for the people listening that aren't aware of what it is. And there'll probably be a lot of them. Yeah. So basically, it's, um, <clears throat> it's where you're getting sent on a train or wherever, usually on a train to a different county, county that where it's smaller than the cities because obviously people in cities, um, everyone's treading on everyone's toes, do you know what I mean? Mm. So people venture out, so they're like, right, we need to make more money. We can make more money in this little, t- this town here. Mm. So we'll send um, a couple of cups, keep p- grabbing that, don't, yeah, I? Sorry, don't, don't worry about it. I keep, it's usually um, the springs that people get. <laughs> um, they'll send like some kids yeah. to a house <coughs> or a flat <coughs> that is owned, well, not owned, or rented by a, a drug user, mm-hmm. and they will sit in that house for a week or two, and they'll just go, they'll like, be given a phone and they'll meet the dealers and they'll mm-hmm. they'll give the, the the drug users drugs. To, to um, to make that let them, allow them to stay there. Yeah. And they'll just ferry drugs in and out the house. Yeah. yeah. They could be there for a few weeks. They could be there for a few months. And there's um the, the cuckooing aspect. I was going to well. say, isn't that the, the cuckoo addresses? Yeah, 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 cuckooing like is trap houses and that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if somebody mm-hmm. if somebody owes money or someone's vulnerable or something, they'll say, "We're going to use your house." Yeah. That's right, isn't it? They, yeah, yeah. Use mm. the house of, well, that's it. You were using your house, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's it. Like, yeah, um, and that's quite sad. You know, someone's got their house that they, you know, it might be their pride and joy, but mm. you got no choice but to say yes. And it's on people's doorsteps. People don't realise. Mm. I like. I can't talk too much, but there's a trap house four doors away from me. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. And the police have raided it now. And, and like my kids. Kids have to see that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? My kids have to yeah. witness these young people mm. ferrying these drug users into this house and that, and my mm. kids are walking past and seeing it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. What What age was you when you had this like turning point of, I need to get out of town, I need to turn my life around, and I need to do something different? What? what? I didn't... When my twins were born, mm. well, after I split up with the mother of my twins, mm-hmm. I, I got with now who's my ex-wife. Um, it was that turning point of joining the army and stuff. But mm. um, 
don't get me wrong, like, I needed to get out of the town, but my anger and mental health followed me. Yeah. So in the army, I was an absolute nightmare. I imagine. <laughs> yeah, um, I was a nightmare. Um, what was that like for you, for having, from having no rules, doing your own thing? God, to, yeah, that's fully disciplined, isn't it? Well, I'm autistic. Okay. Right, yeah. So I got diagnosed in 2017 with autism. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, it, there's a lot of be- my, of my behaviours that I can actually r- sort of say, do you know what, this is probably why I was like that's this. That's why that yeah. happened, yeah. yeah. Like, but not, I'm not excluding what my parent, my parent and mm-hmm. fella did at the time or, like, how I was brought up, but... It does make me realise that some of my behaviours at school probably, yeah. possibly were due to the fact Very that I was... Yeah, yeah mm. and school, Waitman and Meal Brace at that time, I don't know what, what Meal's like now, but it weren't very structured, like, not for the kids that no. were running wild anyway. Mm. But, yeah, that was probably my turning point. I keep hitting that thing. <laughs> um, there you go. It's probably when, like, the army, but again... Um, How long were you in the army for? Just under three years. Yeah. 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 Okay. So quite a while then. Yeah. 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 Um, but again, like I said, my violence and um, mental health followed me, and mm. th- there was a time where I, uh, like, there was a there was an incident with a, a person that I know, um, mm. and it was in Bristol, and that just was I resorted back to my old ways on the streets. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's lucky that it, nothing nothing come of it because I could have been in prison for a long time. I was going to say, the red caps are uh, far less lenient, aren't it, they, than normal yeah. coppers? Back then, I mean, uh, compared to now, is it all too easy just to slip back into that routine? Or is it easier for you now just to have that bit more strength? It's, it's still hard. Yeah. Like, it, it's always going to be hard. I'm, I think I'm strong enough now, but mm. because I've... I've always got that, there's always a side in there, like, there's always that side of, like, someone that, if I've been, I've done it for, for like, this, that was my life for 20 odd years, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like... You need 20 years of not doing it, I guess, don't you, for it to yeah, form in a yeah. habit that way. And, like, yeah. I'm, don't get me wrong, I do not think about going back out and doing this and doing that. I've got a full-time job, I've got my own business, I'm mm. making legitimate money, yeah. and I've got... You're doing amazing things, and this is why I got you on the show. Thank you. And, and this is, like, mm. I saw your story, and it, it really touched me straight away, uh, and I got, I saw your, the same day I saw that story is the same day I messaged, I messaged you on yeah, Twitter, yeah, because I, remember, I was yeah. like, I need to get this guy on, because it's really important to show people that yeah, Ben's been a bit of a scallywag. He's done some things in his time, but scallywag, he's. <laughs> <laughs> but you've turned your it's life around. Fashioned. <laughs> Not only have you turned your life around, mm. and people might be scoffing, going, "Oh, well, he's just doing what we're supposed to be doing." But you're actually helping young people mm. realise mm. the signs. And 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 let's talk about new generations and where this all came from. Right. Okay. So, um, I my full time job is I look after children in, in care, mm-hmm. um, and. Um, when I left the army, I left with, I didn't go, I went to school, I left school with no qualifications, nothing. I had to redo everything in the army, my GCSEs, I've done my driving license, I've done telecom communications and that. I could have laid fiber optics for BT and all that, so I was proper on it in the army, just getting qualification. And then I'd done my personal training. And um, it was a day, I do a lot of charity work for the Band of Brothers. Mm-hmm. All right. For help for heroes and that. So I do like like Tough Mudders, 10Ks and that. And um, some bloke come round, um, he had to help me with something. And you know them gaming vans um, that you see kids go on? Yeah. yeah like yeah, with yeah. the Xboxes yeah. and the PS4s and yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, he owns that. And he said like the, ar- the army had helped him get funding to start his own business and that. So I started looking at it and then my partner was like, why don't you just go self-employed? Because mm. it means that you owe money. You're going to have to pay him back. And I was like, because I, need I needed to use my, I've got personal training skills and I've mm-hmm. got life experience skills. So I was just yeah. thinking I can use this somehow yeah. to do something. And at first it was called New Generation Fitness. And then I think my, me and my partner again discussed it and it was like, well, it shouldn't be New Generation Fitness because that's just to a certain, like you're just directing that to a certain group, like group yeah, of people. Six, yeah. And um, she was like, why don't you call it New Generation Coaching? And I thought, do you know, and it is because I coach, do you know what I mean? It's mm. not, I don't just do the fitness side of things. I do the mentoring with the kids yeah. and I do, I do an awful, a load of different things with mm. my stuff. And that was where it come from. It come from the bloke that turned up and said, why don't you use huh? your, 
use your qualifications and do something because you've obviously got life experience before the army when you went to prison and yeah. stuff like that. Why don't you do that? And I was like, yeah, I might do that. I love that. I love that so much. I really do because you are like... I've got so much respect for people that go into like uh, work of support, um, mm. support workers, social workers, people that are uh, trying to help people. Because I always explain to people who, with, with whom I work that you, you can't do a job like that unless you really care. No. Um, but there are people out there that have valuable life experience that you can't get from university. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That you can't get from yeah. work. And you've got that. You can spot the signs, I bet, yeah. directly, just from the way someone walks. <coughs> yeah, I yeah. imagine you can, like, straight away and you know that's the same way county lines works is they look mm. at people and they're like ah target but yep. you have the distinct um opportunity to be able to not offer people bad things to do but to give them the advice mm. to get yeah, away yeah. from it you yeah know? and how's that been for you um it's i love it like i love i love i love the kids man like mm. they're 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 my bread and butter this this what i do is my bread and butter you know when you find when you go I never knew what I wanted to do when I left school. Mm. Like, yeah. I just knew that I was on the streets and I was doing what I was doing. I, I didn't have any, I didn't have any goals, future aspirations, and that. Yeah. And um, it's sort of bread and butter. I just love interacting with them and like seeing what they're doing. Mm. I was, like. Yeah, and I—I I mean, I felt that. I mean, I went from uh, chasing shoplifters in Asda to to, uh, <laughs> to to helping people. No, but the thing is, with what I was doing was, I went from like waving my finger in front of some teenager who's going through this terrible time in their life. He's going to take no notice like, of you whatsoever. Well, mm. It's more the fact that I felt I felt a lot of empathy for these guys. There was that there were. I had one of my shoplifters. Um, from as the, at my wedding, I, sh- mm. I swear to God, That's he was mad. at my wedding because I I love these people. They were good people, and mm. they were, yet they were like they were at the wrong stage of their lives where they felt like they had to steal. There was a, a guy I won't mention his name, and I got to be careful. I don't care if it gets trouble. He was stealing a sandwich because he was homeless and he's mm. hungry because his parents kicked him out. I told him to have the sandwich, go away, and just don't steal on my shift ever again. Mm. Because I felt for these people, and then when I got given the opportunity to try and help these 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 young people, um, it just felt like a calling. It felt like this mm. is the point I'm trying to make with, with you, Ben. Is that it felt just so right? It just felt like a. It was what I was made to do. Yeah, mm. yeah. Is to sit and to help, listen, just to be there because sometimes just being nice, just being a nice guy, and listening to people is all that these guys want. Yeah, yeah. they just sometimes they just want you to listen a lot of the time. Yeah, they I've, do. They mm. do, and I think that's what I wanted someone to listen to me. Mm. But like, I went to a talk in Preston. Um, He's a good friend of mine. It's his birthday next week, so happy birthday, Byron. Um, happy birthday, Byron. Happy birthday, buddy. Um, but I um, went to one of his talks and that, and um, it's mad how, like, how engaged, like, you see other kids engaging. Like, he's got the, he's got the love. Do you know what I mean? The passion. And when you're mm-hmm. with people that have got the love and passion for the same thing you do. I feel like once you're all together, you can, we could smash it. Do you know what I mean? And mm. the kids love it. They thrive off that. And I knew that's what I wanted. And my old social worker come with me to this talk. And it was mad. I mean, him come into contact. He just emailed me out the blue and he was my old social worker. And, um, he come with me at the talk, but he said to me, I'm really sorry that I didn't, <clears throat> do anything more because I wasn't above their mm. threshold in, in social services. I wasn't getting sexually abused. Mm. And because I wasn't opening up to him and wasn't telling him exactly what was going on, he couldn't really do anything. So yeah. it was like a case closed thing. I think he's, I'd seen him for about a year or so, six months to a year. Yeah. Um, but that's the interaction thing, isn't it? I mean, like, young young people, they've got to be at that stage where they, they kind of realise they need a bit of help. Like, yeah. Because when you're rebellious and you're young, you just want to go out there and do it. You don't care. Mm-hmm. You really don't care. And it's when you're at that stage where you're like, oh, can someone help me? I need to get change, make a change in my life. That's the point when you can grab them and be like, this is what we can yeah. do. You know? They've got to recognise it then, don't they? Yeah, they need to recognise it. Because sometimes you actually have to let the kid go through that, shit, mm. that stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I... I had to, I had to um, pay the consequences for my actions. Do you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, even though stuff was going on and it had gotten on, but I was just react. My reactions weren't the reactions of the Lord. You get what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like, I had to pay the price for it. Mm. Yeah. Um, but again, I do blame the police to a certain extent mm. because the police knew what was going on in my lo- ha- household, and, but there was no that they weren't supporting me. There was 
Do you know mm. what I mean? They were just constantly arresting me all yeah. the time. Yeah, because uh, that's all they do is react, don't they, to yeah, situations, they yeah, and yeah. they sometimes don't react in the right ways at all. No. Uh, the way I see it is, I mean, I've got a mixed relationship with the police. I work well with the police. I work, I work with the police, and I know they don't always get it right. I know they don't. Um, and that's because these guys aren't qualified mm. support workers or support social workers. They don't understand what's going on in your life because all they're paid to do is to go out and catch criminals, right? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. that's their job. Yeah. And then mm. the, the, the support workers and social workers, they, they kind of pick up the mess afterwards. Um, but they usually pick it up at the, the, the later on, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, when it's too late sometimes. I do think police need to be more, there, there needs to be more, they need to be, there needs to be more qualifications. Yeah. The police need to have it might all be well and good looking at these county lines and all that, but there needs to be, they need to look at mm. how to help su- like support kids that are going through a tough time yeah. at home and stuff like that. But to be fair, they are, there are, because I work alongside the police as well, um, and my perception still hasn't changed, mm. yeah, because I'm still, mm-hmm. but there are some police officers there that have completely done nothing but support me and help yeah. me, and they, they do, and that's the police that. <coughs> these kids need if yeah. they are struggling them sort of police do you know what I mean yeah. but, so you got the so you probably have got the opportunity now through new generation coaching to be able to perhaps link in I know that you've got the whole like establishment higher up pretty mm. much structures and tells the police what they have to do and how they do yeah, it yeah. but if you've got some people at the lower level that you can engage with and between you start trying to influence and even if it's just like you know one police station or one group try and do something that might, you know, it might take years and years and years and years <clears throat> until someone in authority somewhere in the government decides to change yeah. how they operate. And like you say, the qualifications that they should actually have yeah. to support basically how society is now. Because society is so different now yeah. to what it used to be. Yeah, definitely. Um, we do, I do, we do work, we do like the uh, Steer Clear Knife Project um, every yeah, last... Tell us, tell us more about that, yeah. Okay, so... Um, every, last Friday of each, of each month, we do a steer clear knife prevention workshop where um, we'll, kids that have been referred by youth offending services or YSS come in and um, it's usually at Derby House in Telford and they come in either on their own or with their parents or with their carers or whatnot. And I'll do my talk um, about my life experiences there's a young person that's from Shrewsbury. Um, he was stabbed seven times, I think, in Birmingham. He's now in a wheelchair. Mm. Uh, so his mum actually has to do the talk for him because he can't, he's only learning how to, he's only just started to learn how to talk. That's so sad. Um, and he's only a local lad. He's from Shrewsbury mm. himself. So his mum does the talk. And then um, the police do their talk. They talk about, like, the, the professional talk. Mm. And then we'll have um, a paramedic who comes and does his talks about witnessing um, death and through knife crime and things like that <clears throat> and how to sort of protect yourself, like yeah. how you would bandage yourself mm. up if you had been stabbed. And then we'll, um, we'll do like questions and all that. And do you know what I mean? We'll do yeah. some questions. Mm. And um, the kids are really good. They, they interact really well. And they, I think a lot of the families and all that, the parents come back thinking, oh, wow, like... Mm this is actually happening. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's that first-hand experience. You, you're physically, like in, in this situation like that, you're seeing these things for yourself. Mm. You're seeing yeah. them in front of you. Whereas it's easy just to, just to, you know, put your foot up on the footstool, watch TV and ignore mm. what's going on around you. Yeah. But, you know, there's, there's, there are people out there trying to help like yourself, but they're not enough people no. going out there trying to help. <clears throat> I was going to say another person, I don't know if you link in with it, and I can't think of her name. You're aware of the Knife Angel, yeah. 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 Do you link in with because it's it's a group of parents, isn't it? That sort of I know that obviously the Ironworks Centre moved the Knife Angel around yes. to different cities, obviously to expose you know the sort of there they are right in front of you, yeah. been made into a stunning sculpture. But this is what it's all about. Have you linked in with them at all? Yeah, I forgot my leaflets, um, <laughs> so oh. I, I'm doing uh, well, not me on my own, but um, Rebecca Blount from Recharge in Telford. Mm. Um, who's godmother to my daughter. She, she her trademark blood, who's a, a, West, a rapper from Telford, and mm. myself are doing an anti the, the Knife Angels coming to, to Telford in March 2020. Bad. So we've been funded um, to do a 10 week music and graffiti project. So it started, yes, oh, 
started yesterday, so we're getting kids from the age of from Telford area from the age of 12, 12 to twenty one to come in. Trademark blood. He's an absolute amazing rapper, um, and he's he's a very humble guy. Mm. Um, worked with people like KRS KRS One and all that. So like he, he's done big things. Wow. So like he's he's getting these kids to get on a track like an anti knife crime rap track. Yeah. And then we're also doing a graffiti project. There's a, a bloke called Monmar from uh, Manchester who's a graffiti artist. He's graffitiing graffitiing some stuff. And I know again, some, some people that are connected with uh, Birmingham that do graffiti. Um, is it High Viz? Yeah, yeah, I know High Viz. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I have to get message, message them, get them involved. Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's going. It's we're, we're, we've got our own YouTube channel. Rebecca set that up. We're gonna get it on. We're gonna get the track on to BBC Radio Shropshire. Yeah. We're gonna try and get. It's a ten-week project for kids aged between twelve and twenty-one, and it's literally getting these kids to do something it's anti-knife crime but yep. it's not ju- that knife angel is not just about knife crime it's about violence mm. and about the, yeah. the, p- people forget about the knife angel doesn't just represent knife crime it represents yeah. uh, violence and mm. stuff like that and it's a, there's a broad sketch uh, spectrum of it as well whether it's DV or domestic violence yeah or, yeah or whether it's uh, you know drug related whether mm. it's youth uh, d- you know whether it's yeah there's so much going on that it needs to be addressed yeah and this is why I got you on the show okay you're from Shrewsbury this is all bait, Telford based but this is talking about what's going on on the Shrewsbury streets like you know yeah. it's really important for, for the whole country the county the town everything that's going on you need to know what's going on and ways to try and help these people because um, what would you say to anybody that's li- listening to this now um, that that you know, they, they rock around with their mates with knives. They dr- they, they're running drugs around town and, and they're feeling that, that invincible stage in their life that you know about. Mm. What would you say to them? Well, like, they ain't invincible. It's not Call of Duty. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't get respawned. Yeah. Like, mm. what they need to remember is there's only two ways, death or jail. That's, that, yeah. that is it. You'll die or you'll go to jail mm. or you'll die and get, you'll get killed in jail. Um, it's not... It's not a st- you're not going to live happily ever after. You ain't going to be pa- Pablo Escobar in your 70 million <laughs> pound mansion. Well, he's, he's dead now anyway because he got shot, do you know what I mean, yeah. eventually. So mm-hmm. people that you don't, it doesn't end well. So like if you think that you're going to go around f- thinking you're hard with a knife, just let the, they're more likely to have the knife used on them. And what they need to remember is, are they actually going to pull... If, if, you're, if you've got a knife and you use it, then you need to remember that the consequences of what's going to happen. Mm. And yeah. you, it's either going to be you're going to be killed or you're going to go to prison for the rest of your life. And yeah. then your parents ain't going to see you. Your grandparents ain't going to see you. Your kid's not going to see you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Or you might be buried six feet under and then your parents are going to go through mm. having to deal with the... Yeah. Uh, um, aftermath of you losing a, a child whether it's a female or their son mm. and then they've got brothers and sisters it's a ripple effect and then that, that, that for them could be a, <coughs> they've the, the brother or sisters had their son their brother murdered or their sister mm. murdered there's a retaliation thing as well retaliation chain, of, chain mm. reaction it could be a retaliation thing or it could be the opposite and they're, they're, they could end up committing suicide yeah. you know what I mean yeah, the effects are far reaching aren't they yeah, yeah it is um, yeah, I know you're saying obviously it's not Shrewsbury based, but do you get referrals from Shrewsbury, or, or is it literally just for Telford what you <coughs> do, you deal with? Um, I would I would deal with people from Shrewsbury, like the, y, the YSS. The people that I deal with is I think it's the Shrewsbury Shrewsbury Telford YSS anyway. So whatever mm. referrals they give me, they give me. Um, then the police give me referrals. I don't really have. I don't really say no yeah. to anyone. Have you, no, it's have you had uh, many success stories um, that you can't talk about, can't mention names, but things that spring to mind. I could mention a lad that wouldn't care that I mentioned his name, and he was the kid, the kid that I actually looked after in care. Okay. Uh, um he's left care now. Um, he, t- I was his key worker for two years. He turned up 14 and a half stone. He's fat. <laughs> he was a fat little boy, um, and he had no... He had. He was just getting arrested. He was. Mm-hmm. He was a menace, little menace. And I sort of plugged hard at him. And I was his key worker. He went to ten and a half stone. He started boxing. He's left now. He lives. In, he's doing construction in Wigan. He lives with his girlfriend and that. And he does boxing up in Wigan. And my mate from Manchester, who's a bodybuilder, 
He's just started getting him onto. He's setting him a pro bodybuilding program up, and he's getting into his bodybuilding. Oh wow! And I speak to him every day now. Like he's, I speak to Cameron every day. He wished me happy birthday on New Year's Eve. Mm. I speak to him over Christmas. He was my little success story, and he wrote me a letter, which I've still got to this day to thank me of how much like I stuck by him due to his. And you were just. Mm. You were just a contact, you someone to speak to for him, I guess. And I was just there, I was constant, yeah. do you know what I mean? And I got him onto the healthy living plans, mm. like, because he was eating rubbish food. He was yeah. eating a loaf, loaf of bread every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was ridic ridiculous. But I was getting him onto, I was getting him onto, like, the healthy living stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, um, just try to give him a bit of a positive mindset and that he was worth more than what he actually thought he was worth. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Seriously, well done. I Thank mean, you. like, out of our lifetimes, if we can help, like, a couple of people, I think exactly. you've, done, you've done well. I've, I mean, Ryan, who I mentioned, went to my wedding. He was a, a little yob that used to come into town in Telford and wind up the guards. And, um, yeah, he was at that stage of life, but invincible, didn't care. He was, mm. he was only living for today, not tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. And um, he would he would be banned from the store, but I'd still let him come and talk to me and stuff. Could tell me about how his day was and things like that. He still, to this day, calls me dad. I'm only 33. <laughs> he calls me dad. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that was... Sorry, I forgot to talk that. I'm sorry. That's not very professional of it, is it? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to people that do, um, sorry, Julie, to take someone and guide them through those difficult parts, congratulations. Because yeah, no, it's really life, admirable, really admirable. Life. Thank you. Probably need more of you. You need to be cloned by the sounds of it now. Yeah. And there needs to be more of you. Yeah. yeah. Have you working? Have you coached more coaches? Mm. That's, that's a, you know, have you have you brought somebody in to help you to, that can do something similar to what you do? So I was recently in contact with uh, Dean Harris. She. In fact, oh, this is mad, this, right? So she's going to be nominated Sher High Sheriff of Shrewsbury. She oh, is. Yeah. okay. So I went for a coffee with her just before we broke up for Christmas. She's actually a magistrate, and she actually can remember sending me to Stokeith. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she said, I can remember you a magistrate, but she didn't go into too much detail. But I'm looking at trying to get fun, like, because I'm a one-man band, I'm mm. self-employed. I've got loads of dreams and aspirations. I've got so many things that I want to do within my company and that, my business. Um, so to have coach people or to have volunteers as such on board, mm. I need to be funded where I'm, I, I can... Give up, give up Yeah, give up my, my full-time job. Yeah. Because what I do two days on, four days off, the four days off on bu my business and mm. the two days on is work. So I would like to then have five days where I'm doing my business. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> she's looking at hopefully getting me funded so I could hopefully coach. Yeah. Coach wow. people. Because are you, are you classed? So if you're, it's your own business. So I'm guessing you're not classed yourself as a charity then. No. So because if you took charity status. Is it CIC? Is it you'd be like at, that? um, that's, you've got me there. <laughs> yeah. I know that if you can get charity status and get yourself registered as a charity, you, you obviously you can get loads of different funding and support yeah, yeah. then. I mean, if you're getting it this way, but that might be a way to start. Yeah. To, because the moment you get that charity status, you can then, you know, the, the, the flood, the flood doors will open yeah, on yeah. funding. I'm, I'm, th this year is going to be a big year for me. Yeah. Um, and it's last year was me breaking up, like yeah. break, breaking off the ground. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. This year's me running. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, the growth. The growth. And yeah. like, it's going to be like, I've got, I want a youth club. And I know there's a lot of talk about youth clubs, whether it's a positive or negative. Mm. Uh, thing, I but think they need to change the name for youth clubs. I think they need to be a yeah, more positive that's, name. It's a very old-fashioned yeah, yeah, yeah. name. Uh, yeah, definitely. It, even if you, youth centre sounds a bit prisony, doesn't it? Youth mm. centre, but like you know, I, I see what you mean—a place for young people to go to get help. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's just it. I've I've got a lot of experience with other things like street, like stuff that I did, and I know that it could be a hub for county lines. Do you know what I mean? It's, oh yeah, so of course. Like, so like I have to gotta be careful. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. and um, I'm going to be very suave with how I'm going to deal with it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So that I have got big, big dreams of a youth club, and it's not only just a youth club. I want my own office. I want my own vol. I want my workers. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. want. I want. Look, there's so many things that I can like, so I can reach out to more kids. Yeah. Because yeah. I can't do it all by myself. Do you no. know what I mean? Have you got? Um Forgive me, because I haven't had a chance to check it. But have you got a Facebook page? No, I've got. Have I've you got, got a website? No, this is another thing. 
Dean Harris is looking at. Yeah. I've been, because I'm very good friends with Matt and Andy Smith from Smash Live um, UK. They're good friends. I've known them since I was a kid anyway. So like they've put me in contact with their website, website designer. Dean Harris was like, can you get me a quote, etc., and just leave it with me? So Perfect. She's Perfect. Do that for the me. way we did it is um, we we got in touch with the guys from Web Orchard. How's it going, Web Orchard? Thank you very much for what you do for us. Because we said to them like, if you help us out with a website, we'll we'll promote you on our show, which is what I've just done. <laughs> so if anybody wants a website button, go to Web Orchard. Um, sometimes uh, if you if you say uh, we will sponsor you, you can put things up on our wherever we're going or whatever. They might help you out with a bit of sponsorship on it. Um, because once you've got like a website or a Facebook page people and then start following your progress mm. I know you've probably got to be careful haven't you yeah I won't um, do Facebook no and I can totally I totally understand why <laughs> so you've probably got to think you know the website's probably your safest way for people to sort of like engage see yeah, what yeah. you're doing support you through that yeah um, because it's going to be far less negative, a, a potentially far less negative approach that Facebook would have. Yeah, yeah. Because it's all and sundry can get on there, and then that's just yeah, yeah. Opens up all the wrong. Yeah, you don't want to go there. Facebook for me is the root of all evil. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and if, I deleted that. I deleted my Facebook. I think about six years ago. Yeah. Now. Wise move. Never going back. Yep. No. Wise move. See, social media is is uh, is both a blessing and a curse at the same time, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, because obviously, like people wouldn't know about who we are if it wasn't for things like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, things like that. Mm. But at the same time, that for people like County Lines is a catalog. Yeah. Mm. Of course it is. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know, mm. um, and of course, it's easy to just pick up your phone and go, "You're a tit." <laughs> yeah. and then just to, you know send that message from like you know a million mm. social justice warriors all these people that just throw up trolley stuff um, it's, it's, a, it's a virus it's a curse and I, yeah. I feel like they need to police it a bit better because there's so many people out there being hurt on social media that it needs to be dealt with well people don't realise it does that like whether you we're, I, I'm all again I've got autism so when I get angry yeah. I can say things that are very... It's not very nice, do you know what I mean? And no filter. No filter. And it's something... Obviously, I seek therapy. I've got therapy today after. So, like, I obviously have to try and manage how I react and say things to people. It's going to be a long process, but it 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 makes me feel like people don't realise what they're saying on social media yeah, to someone. Yeah, yeah. That's the effect to the, opposite, to the person that they're saying it to. Yeah. And... and um, it leads to people committing suicide. It does, especially with people with autism, because <clears throat> you can't read context in, a, in, in no. something you send on a message. You can't, no. you can't when you read the pronunciation. You can't read the fe- feelings, can yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. So you might read that as just like a, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. You know, even the most innocent things. I mean, some people will send me an email sometimes and I'll be like, huh? I mean, it's meant to be a, a, an innocent thing, but sometimes, you know, you, your mind just runs for things. I have to, when I write an email, <laughs> I reckon so many people that I've spoken to, like like professionals and that, um, just think I'm rude, but, like, it's the way I talk. Yeah. And, again, even in an email, you don't, you can't express your feelings in an email, can you? No, no, that's And it. it's not me coming across rude, so anyone that's listening to podcasts, I'm sorry. I, I was well, no, but that, that's the danger. I, I used to work in an office, and I, <laughs> I was terrible for doing emails, because, like, you just, sometimes if something happens, you're in anger, aren't you, as well? Yeah, yeah. But even if you're not, you've got a style of writing or a style of... I'm the same. I'll type how I speak. Yeah, that's it. What I say without really thinking. Yeah, yeah. But I was taught very quickly after quite a sort of a bad sort of business mistake. Mm. Um, do it. Leave it in draft. Yeah. Come back to it a couple of hours later. And then you see it in a completely different way. Really? And, you re- and I always do that. Now, with every email I do... I'll leave it, not necessarily for two hours, because if they've got to be knocked out quite quick, yeah. but I'll leave it for at least 10 minutes, then come back to it. I'm like, oh, actually, no, I need to say that instead. Yeah. Or that way around. It does work. Okay. But it's, you've got, it's a habit you've got to form, because sometimes it's so easy just to go... Yeah, I think I might goes. have to take that on board, because I'm <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I send messages sometimes, and I'm like, oh, man, did I really just send that? Like yesterday, uh, Julie's put uh, updated our calendar with days when she's not available. And I was like... Our calendar now looks like it has shingles, Julie. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send that out. I'll show you, man. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, sometimes you, you've got to really think about what you're going to say. Mm. Um, look at that. 
the what red? No, yeah. red. it's not red because I've established that because it's Google Calendar. If you click on, yes, they look like I'm not free every single day, but if you click on it, it then just shows you the times of the day See, I'm not I, free. My um, my calendar's like that to be fair. Yeah, and it's something that I need to I need to balance my um, yeah. working life and that. Is this thing getting easier for you? Is there a routine being put in place, or is it really difficult? Like, especially this time of year when everybody's busy. Um, I'm root- I've got a routine in my own head anyway. Again, like I'm autistic, so yeah. I'm very regimental. But that regimental and work ethic that I've got doesn't give me any time to have a balanced life. Do you mm. get what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and understanding of people that that aren't autistic or not even have that, that kind of militant kind of look at things like uh, running things on schedules isn't always a, um, a priority for some people. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that, but I see. It, I see it as, oh, okay. It is what it is. We had a cancellation this morning. Oh, okay. Whatever. But yeah. to some people, that'd be like, you what? <laughs> yeah. You know, it must be really hard. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, like, it is hard. Like, this morning, I had a, a bit of a banny with my missus. <laughs> she had uh, accidentally chopped my blue Chanel after shaving the bin. Oh, God. <laughs> Because it was a £60 bottle of aftershave, right? <laughs> she thought it was empty. Oh. And it was because it was by somewhere that looked like it was mm. rubbish. She chucked it. Because I, it was because I was going out on New Year's Eve. I'd left it by somewhat something that she thought was rubbish. So, oh, dear. Oh, dear. For her, she's like, well, I've, I've smashed my bottle of Chanel before and I didn't get annoyed with it. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm, I struggle with things yeah. like this. You're not her. She's not you. Exactly. Yeah. So... <laughs> I'm going to have to order another bottle but I was absolutely wounded today <laughs> I'm really sorry for your loss man I mean R.I.P. Chanel well Ben thank you so much for, not just for coming on the show I mean that, that's great anyway that I got, I got I would love to help you in March with what you guys do with the music mm. and stuff like that yeah, you've yeah. got our support and I, I want to thank you for what you're doing for young people because no there are I'm being serious like with the, the cuts that have been made to mental health re- mm-hmm. um, so, um, facilities um, youth, youth centres being shut down uh, there are there, people young people and mental mental health mm-hmm. um, um, patients are under attack at the moment they are they're losing funding left right and centre so it takes people going outside their outside their threshold um, and thinking outside the box and using their initiative like yourself there are people mm. out there doing things of their own accord to help people, and it's, you're, you're a hero. You are a hero. <laughs> I know I've thought that before. No, but, but it, thank is, you. It, no, no, it is, and I think that's you know you, you talk about you talk about the help for heroes and all that sort of stuff, but mm. you're a hero for a different audience. Thank you for different reasons, and I for me, I think it's been you opening up, coming on this show, you know, opening up because you know we don't know who listens to the show, could be anyone and everyone, but you've been. You've really been really, really honest, which I think some people can come and, you know, they'll sugarcoat some bits and pieces. Yeah, I don't, but I don't sugarcoat anything. And no. This is a thing where I've got told, I know you're obviously going to run out of time and that, but I get told that people get caught out, do you know what I mean, when they sugarcoat things. Mm, and of course I've, they do. I've said this from the start, i.e. with my mum and that. Mm. So, like, she sugarcoated it for 20-odd years, 30 yeah. years. And yeah. it's really important because I don't think we should, um, like, these things are happening. Yeah, these things are happening. Tell people what's happening. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. Because the, 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 things get lost in trans- translation, like you're saying. People yeah, get yeah. caught out, you know. Mm. Um, but, guys, make sure you give uh, give Ben some support. Give him a follow on, on, on Twitter. You're on Twitter, aren't you? Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram, New Generation Coaching. And it's New Generation F7 on Twitter. Cool. The, the more followers, the more people that are supporting a uh, thing like that, it really does help with, uh, with kind of the reputation of what mm. Ben's doing. It's really important. Just remember, you know, these uh, these young scallywags that are running around uh, Shrewsbury, these are people with lives, they're, they're people with things that are affecting them, and, and there are ways to help them, but we need to find out those 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 ways of helping. people understanding there's yeah. a reason yeah. why they are like they are and why they're acting like they yeah, are. Yeah, so um, thank you very much for coming. No problem. Yeah, I no. wish you the best for having me on. No, thank you. Um, guys, this has been a great episode. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for joining mm. me, Julie. Yep, pleasure. Yeah, I hope you guys have had a great Christmas and a great New Year. Thank you for coming back to us. Um, if you want to check out our website, that um, it's a great place where you can listen to our audio directly off the website. You can get mm. in contact with us and, and check out what we're up to. Our website is www.theshrewsburybiscuitpodcast at... Sorry, we'll do that again, shall we? 
www.theshootabiscuitpodcast.co.uk. Make sure you, you check us out. <coughs> and um, thank you very much for joining us. Thank, thank you, our you. sponsor. And yeah, thank you to our sponsor of the month, which is Gin Different. We're very proud to be uh, uh, sponsored by Gin Different. They're a great, play. Mm-hmm. you know, they've got the bar up in the market hall. They've got the pop-up bar, which they take away, around with them on festivals. Yep. And if you've got that bottle of gin that you just can't buy in Asda or Tesco, whatever you do, we'll order it in for you. So mm-hmm. make sure you check out Gin Different. I'm going there today. Yeah, you should. <laughs> oh, actually, no, don't. He's... They're closed until the 10th of Jan. Right, okay, no worries. Uh, I'll can't just go to Aston. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Have a great day and peace out. Cheers.